content marketers put creativity on a pedestal. They need inspiration from TED Talks and viral videos and the collective creative powers of 12 different agencies to send out one tweet about a cookie. Content marketers worship this mythical ideal of creativity. But the people who actually create the stuff take a sledgehammer to that pedestal. Too much content marketing focuses on the second word, and it leads to uninspired, undifferentiated junk and omits the craft of creating great content. But in a world full of average, some people aspire to be exceptional, and they use their own intuition instead of some best practice to do it and do it well. I'm Jay Akunzo, and this is Unthinkable. We had this mission of wanting to help brands tell stories and create content that was focused on their audience and not promotional crap, not to slay ads in sheep's clothing. Joe Lazowskis is editor-in-chief at Contently, a marketing software company in New York. Their blog, The Content Strategist, gets over 3 million unique hits every single year and has won multiple industry awards. So you could say that Joe is one badass content-creating dude. So... For us, right, the mission of Contently is to build a better media world. We have this mural on our wall that says those who tell the stories rule the world. But despite the enormity of that idea, Joe isn't tricked into putting creativity up on some kind of pedestal. For him, it's far simpler. Generally, I like to write when I'm outside of the office. Often it feels like actually coming into the Contently office, mostly coming in for meetings and to meet with my team and make sure everything's going smoothly. But when I write, it tends to be early in the morning, when I'm at home, or late at night when I'm at home. Joe doesn't believe in the need to go get some kind of crazy big source of inspiration. He just looks at what's right in front of him and uses that. Like, for instance, his favorite sports column, a recurring Q&A-style mailbag written by Bill Simmons. And so one day, Jordan just decided to put into our email, like, do you have any questions for us? Ask them that went to a Google form. And plus, I also always get a bunch of questions from readers anyway. So I had a reservoir of questions from my email. And then a bunch of people in our newsletter just started submitting and asking, you know, honestly, like hundreds of questions that were filling up this Google form. And once we saw this, it was like, all right, damn, I guess we have to do this, right? And so goes that ugly, if beautifully simple reality of creating stuff. I would never advise a client or advise anyone or a team to only look in the purview of what are your competitors doing or what are other brands doing. The best content ideas and the best content trends honestly tend to come from media companies before they trickle down to marketing. If you ask a guru or a thought leader the secret to creativity, you'll get 40 slides and 50 Seth Godin quotes. Maybe a little Steve Jobs if you're lucky. But if you ask somebody who makes stuff all day long, you get a shrug and maybe a quick... Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to make stuff I like, and this kind of resembles that. And joining us now is Kara Hogan with a story about exactly that. So when you have an idea for something new and exciting, how do you decide if it's actually a good idea or a completely terrible one? Uh, I think I usually just 
like dive in. I go for it and I try to put it out to the world. Well, not everyone has your confidence, Jay. <laughs> okay, fair but enough. But a lot of people have a tendency to get stuck in that negative feedback loop. Right. Try to gather up every possible piece of information, data, precedent, case studies, examples. Yeah, you want to justify it before you act, essentially. Exactly. But what if there's no precedent to measure? Our body and brain has been, you know, created to, to help take fear and put you in a safe place. So, you know, your fear says, stop, you don't have enough data, evidence, comfort level here. This is scary territory. So that's why we refer to it as the leap, right? The bottom of that cliff is pretty damn scary. That was Chris Hively. He's the author of Build the Fort, the co-founder of MapQuest, and now an early stage startup investor at the Startup Factory. We run through all of the details and permutations and, you know, our brain does its job. It, it, it kind of thinks about a thousand things. And, you know, for most of us, when confronted with a thousand things, we freeze. Instead of waiting until you've solved every problem and have analyzed every drawback, Chris wants more people to just go for it and think more like 10-year-olds. What I ask people to do is close your eyes and, you know, it's, you're 10 years old, it's the middle of the summer, you have no school, you wake up, you go see your buds, and it starts with something as simple as, hey, do you want to build a fort, right? Hey, do you want to start up a company? And you have some fun and you start riffing on that. Now, as a 10-year-old, you know that you can't think about what the fort's going to look like three months from now or two years from now, or you can't think about all the things you need to do to build the fort over a three-month period, right? You're 10 years old, right? You're the, you're, uh, the time period, your time horizon here is probably measured in a couple days, maybe three at the outset, right? All right, so I'm at home just outside of Boston. It's a Monday morning. It's kind of snowy and rainy outside just before 9 a.m. here. My puppy's asleep on the couch, and I'm going to disturb him because I'm going to build a fort. I'm not going to think about it. Here we go. All right, well, let's see. The first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to remove all these couch cushions. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. Let's see. My tabletop lifts up here, so I'm going to lift that up. Okay. Now we got a nice little lean-to without having to use any of the cushions. I'm going to stack the cushions around it. Give it kind of like a nice little coffee table in the front. Some cushions lining each side. <laughs> this is fun. My dog looks none too pleased that I'm waking him from his slumber. Come on. I'm oh, sorry. Come on. Let's see. This isn't bad. It's like room for one. I'm like wedged between my couch. Ugh. And the coffee table, and I'm surrounded by couch cushions, and a grumpy puppy. Yeah, that wasn't so bad. He's looking at me like, dude, you can't build forts. Worth a damn. You missed the point. Chris says you just have to act first, and then you'll get the data and feedback you need through the process of building a company. Go out and talk to 50 people. All of that, if you're listening well, starts to help frame your idea in, in tighter and, and better forms. So that each time you do this, it gets better and crisper and you get to explain it better. And, you know, I think out of that experience, people can start to gain confidence. So I don't know, I guess 
I feel like a sense of ownership over this. It feels kind of good. It's not quite as bad as I thought this, this fort would end up when I started, when my dog was grumbling at me. Um, I don't know. It just goes to show you. I think I would have probably come up with something like this had I like meticulously planned it out. Maybe it'd be like 5% better at best. Pretty fun start to the morning. What do you think, boy? Huh? Nah, he, he's asleep again. Okay. We'll just leave him in the fort. I mean, honestly, if your brand doesn't have something that they care about that maps what their audience cares about, chances are you have like a pretty shitty business. Joe has seen this firsthand. In drawing from their love of Bill Simmons, he and Jordan created a recurring series called Ask a Content Guy. No golden idol, no giant case study, no lighting candles at some altar to creativity, just mashing together a personal passion with work. It's cathartic. It's really thinking about problems that I have, you know, running our editorial team and our strategy team here. Uh, it allows me to really connect with my readers, have more one-on-one relationships, both with the people whose questions I answer in the mailbag, as well as folks who reach out and email me or tweet at me and want to know how to solve different problems. When you're figuring out your content strategy, don't just look at what your competitors are doing. If you're Visa, just don't look at what MasterCard is doing. Um, look at what other sites that are reaching the audience you want to reach are doing and doing well and what's working for them and get inspiration from there. Because chances are you can remix it in a way that's new for a brand to be doing it or new for your particular industry and really end up with a hit. If you ask me, inspiration is not pretty. It's not about brilliance, it's not about lightning striking, and it's certainly not about hiring 12 different agencies to send out one tweet about a cookie. Come on. No, it's, it's simpler. All around you, every day, there's inspiration ready to be turned into great content. It just comes from the regular stuff, the day-to-day stuff, the messy stuff. And that is the gateway to the good stuff. It's unthinkable.